Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We're going to meet Jonathan Manheap now, our new TV reviewer for Afternoons. He's a culture writer based in Auckland. His writings appeared in The Guardian and stuff, Metro Magazine. And he joins me now. Jonathan, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Sure, Mark. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. And you've been watching a bit of telly in, uh, in your uh, time. What, what uh, have you come up with? What's uh, Expats all about? Indeed. So, yes, Expats is a sort of um, the big arrival uh, this month, I suppose, and it's um, largely because it's got Nicole Kidman attached to it, who's become more or less the sort of queen of the sort of prestige TV, um, yes. not just because of Big Little Lies, but Raw and Apple TV and other shows on HBO. She's um, she's a producer on this, and she, um, she uh, sort of bought the rights to the script, which is based on a novel um, from 2016 called Expatriates, um, and her sort of creative fingerprints are all over the project. And it's, um, I suppose, just first and foremost, a very interesting failure on Kidman's behalf. Um, <laughs> and it pains me to say that because she's, you know, it's the sort of role that she could do in her sleep. She plays um, she plays a, a very well-to-do um, expat called Margaret Yu, living in a high-rise apartment in Hong Kong, whose, um, whose son disappears. He goes, he goes missing. Um, and the series is sort of set in a sort of bifurcated timeline before um, her son's disappearance and then the months of grief that sort of follow. And um, it's, it's not really a whodunit. It's the, the sort of central mystery of, of what happened to her son and, and how that occurred isn't really the focus of the series. It's more about um, Kidman's kind of ennui and the ennui of the other incredibly kind of privileged woman in her social circle in, in this, in this high-rise apartment called yeah. um, The Peak and, and how, um, how the the grief of this of this traumatic event kind of cracks all those all those fissures of, of their life sort of wide open and and what else comes out in the wash. Um, so, so where does Nicole go wrong with this? It's it's I mean there's something sort of unsatisfying about it. It's hard mm. to say because the characters are quite adrift. They're kind of unmoored from from their you know their homeland and they find themselves in this um, excessively sort of stimulating, hustling, bustling world of Hong Kong, which is incredibly well shot. They've got, you know, the, the budget of Amazon behind it. And, yeah. and it's it sort of the production values are just stripping and you see all the money up there on screen. But um, I think the series is sort of falls prey to what a lot of miniseries recently have fallen prey to, which is you're taking um, quite, a, quite a moody, atmospheric, lyrical text and adapting it into six hour-long episodes. And the when you're looking at these characters who are adrift, you just sort of start to feel that the show is as well and that you you don't really get, you know, taken into the inner lives of these women in the same way that a show like Big Little Lies does mm. or you know, some of her other hard-hitting ones. She certainly um, played a very sympathetic uh, character in Big Little Lies. Does mm, this one, it just doesn't, she just doesn't work. I mean, it just doesn't to get through in an emotional mm, sense. Yes, and I think it's sort of... Um, the the writer director and I mean Kevin as well as a producer they scatter a few other um, trinkets into the show to try and I suppose give it some heft give it some some meaning not that there isn't enough there with the central kind of trauma but it's set against the backdrop of the political unrest of the of the protests in yeah. Hong Kong so it's kind of taking place in this twilight zone of her own emotional exhaustion and the political unrest of the time but the show. Um, 
those that kind of concept just really remains in the background. So you sort of, you know, she's seen walking through these marches and you're aware that it's happening and that she's in a world of turbulence. But um, again, the show doesn't really have the dexterity to do anything with that. Mm, it just, mm. It's just there. So, um, you know, an astonishing look at, at Hong Kong as a city and um, Kidman's performance is, is strong, but it's... Um, as a, as a show about sort of repressed one percenters, I think we've seen it done better before. Yeah, so not not particularly sympathetic. You don't sort of feel anything for them. Mm, yes, exactly. Yeah. Now, you were going to also talk to us about True Detective. Uh, this is Night Country. Now, I think is this yeah. the fourth in the True Detective series, and I think the first one was yep. Matthew McConaughey, which was excellent, mm. but then they've sort of mm. fallen away since then, have they not? Um, is, this mm. one, is this one bouncing back, as it were? It is. It's bouncing back in a pretty spectacular and quite bizarre fashion. So it's kind of, I think the general consensus seems to be with the series that it's been a bit of diminishing returns. You had a, a kind of mixed response the second season and then it, all the wheels kind of seem to come off with season three. Um, season four has just a stellar turn by Jodie Foster um, at the lead. So we're, um, we're set in a fictional town of Ennis, which is about 300 kilometres north of the Arctic Circle. Um, and she plays this kind of uh, sceptical, world-weary police detective who's investigating the death of eight men who have been found um, quite literally sort of frozen to death, frozen in fear uh, outside of their research station in the Arctic Circle. And she teams up with a young native trooper who's sort of caught up on the murder of a local activist from, from six years earlier. And it's about, you know, these intersecting um, deaths and how they sort of, um, how they link together. And it's... um. It's got that tone that I think people really loved about the first season, which is it's got aspects of the metaphysical and it's got, you know, um, uh, true crime and it's got the really controlled sense of place. And here in the first season, it was, you know, Louisiana and we've also had the Ozarks in LA and the other mm-hmm. seasons. And here it's Alaska, which is it's a cliche to say, but it's kind of a character of its own. Yeah. Jodie Foster, of course, she did Nyad recently, didn't she, um, with Annette mm. Benning, uh, this the swimming movie. Uh, mm. But, you know, I mean, you normally associate... Um, uh, Nicole Kidman with quality, but Jodie Foster mm. as well. She, I mean, everything she does has got a real class about it, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. And I think uh, particularly striking, yeah, because it's been 50 years since Jodie Foster was first nominated for an Oscar in Taxi Driver, and she's come back wow. this year with that Oscar nomination for Nyad, and then this turn True Detective, which I'm sure she'll be up to Emmy for this year, because her character's just so kind of straightforwardly um, unlikable. She kind of tilts that, that paradigm of the, of the police detective on its head, and um, she does really interesting things with what could be quite a stock character. Mm. Um, and I think um, uh, the show has quite a lot of sort of campy, um, as I said, metaphysical elements that really plays into the almost aspects of the occult and supernatural. But Foster is so, um, uh, she's just, she's quite funny. You know, she just makes material with putty in her hands and she does a very good job. So yeah, it's a pleasure to see her back on screen. Fantastic. And is this uh, complete or, you know, it's on neon, neon? Is, is the series yeah. completed? You know, out there, um, they're sort of drip feeding it week by week, which adds into the kind of um, <laughs> you know watchability of it. All. I'm uh, I sort of enjoy that, and I think what the show does a very good job of what the best detective shows do, which is sort of make you think that you're in lockstep with the detective. So you feel each week you're sort of accruing these clues in the same way that they are. Yeah. Um, but as ever, sort of Jodie's character is one step ahead of us all. So yeah, we're, there's um, two or three more episodes to go. Fantastic. And you get the, with that weekly gap, you get the chance to think about it a bit, don't you? And uh, yeah. and then look forward to it. Whereas exactly. when you binge, it's just, you can't stop. <laughs> no, was a fly. Yeah. Now we're also sticking with Neon for the next one. Uh, this is Matt mm. Bomer's, what, Fellow Travellers. 
Mm. Yes, so this is um this is another novel adaptation like um like Expats. This is um from a, I think it's a twenty sixteen novel which is a sort of sweeping historical romance political thriller um set in Washington and it's a it's sort of a love story about uh, Matt Bomer who plays Hawkins Fuller, this State Department worker who strikes up an affair with Tim Laughlin, who's a, a sort of junior policy wonk for Senator Joseph McCartney McCarthy. So it's you know the backdrop of the McCarthy trials and the Red Scare and also mm-hmm. the Lavender Scare. Um, and the show covers about three decades of U.S. political history and the kind of erotic romantic entanglement of these two men against that. And um, looking, I mean, it's sort of when you read it on paper, it sounds like a mixture between Mad Men meets Angels in America, which is quite a high bar to cross. Um, but it does it. It sort of it has this incredibly cinematic feel to it. The budget of Showtime is um, pretty remarkable. So it's got a very rousing score, very rich cinematography. And then it just has these performances by Matt Bomer um, and Bridgerton's Jonathan Bailey at the centre, who have incredible chemistry and who are both, um, who both kind of make sure that this isn't just a usual sort of traumatic story of gay men in the latter part of the 20th century. They really bring these characters to life. And so this one is a recommend? Yes, absolutely. I think this one and True Detective, they're wildly different shows, but I think um, they're both, they both have this sort of lived-in novelistic sweep to them. They're both just a great watch and I think um, yeah, easily bingeable for, for anyone looking for something. That's why I think you weekend. Well, that's wonderful. Well, you've made your debut now, Jonathan. So congratulations. Well done. Great effort. Thanks, Thanks very much. Pleasure to talk with you. No doubt you'll be hear, hearing more of Jonathan uh, in the coming months uh, with Jesse in the afternoons. Uh, but thanks, Jonathan. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.